Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. NBA free agency is almost upon us. And even when it's day zero, we've had some trades, some player opt-ins, some opt-outs, and huge news surrounding some of the biggest names on the market. And as always, I'm here to break it all down. I'm going to give my opinions on all the big news so far. And we've got to start with the blockbuster trade. DeJounte Murray, all-star for the San Antonio Spurs, getting traded to the Atlanta Hawks to pair up with Trey Young. He is traded for Danilo Gallinari, three first-round picks and one pick swap. Two of those first-round picks are unprotected. So Atlanta is really swinging for the fences here. They're going to get a a defensive-minded all-star guard in DeJounte Murray who averaged 21-8-9-8, or 21-8-9 last season, excuse me, a triple-double waiting to happen. He's fantastic for the Spurs. I've always loved him as a player. I think this is going to be great for the Hawks, but Hawks surely giving up a lot here to the Spurs to get back into contention in the Eastern Conference. And obviously, let's break this down from the Hawks' perspective because for the Spurs, this is a huge move to move into a full-on rebuild. Getting four first-round picks, pretty much one of them being a swap, obviously, uh, is really going to help them in the future. Obviously, a lot of sights on Victor Wembenyana, uh, 7-3 uh, power forward center from France. He can truly do it all. Going to be the unicorn of next class, potential number one pick. All sights, again, are on him as the tanking for Victor uh, starts, however people want to make that slogan. But for the Spurs, pretty self-explanatory. This is a roster that's not going anywhere right now. They're not going to be contending. Is actually reported that DeJounte Murray was not going to sign an extension with San Antonio. So keeping that information in the dark, they go out there and get a haul to contribute to a rebuilding team. This is a very young roster, probably going to be one of the youngest in the NBA. And uh, Coach Greg Popovich reportedly loves this group. You know, he's got some good young guys. Josh Primo going into his second year. He obviously drafted Jeremy Sohan, Malachi Branham, Blake Wesley. Still got Keldon Johnson there. Uh, Who knows what Lonnie Walker's future holds. But for what the Spurs wanted this is probably the best they could have gotten for a guy who you know quite frankly is in his prime and they sold high on him so good on the Spurs but let's break down from the Hawks perspective the Hawks made the Eastern Conference Finals just two years ago remember that and they had a not so great year by their standards last year getting bounced in the first round they did win the play-in tournament uh to get that eight seed but lost in five to Miami and they really needed some more defense in the backcourt, especially to surround Trey Young because Kevin Herter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, not great defenders. But what this also could unlock a little bit because DeJounte Murray's had the ball in his hands a lot the past few years is Trey Young working off ball a little bit like Steph Curry does, you know, running around screens, getting catch and shoot threes. Trey Young has had the ball in his hands every possession, top 10 in usage rate. Well, bringing a guy like DeJounte Murray a lot of pressure is going to be taken off of Trey Young to create offense for every single person on the team. So got DeAndre Hunter there, who's a really good small forward, two-way player, can shoot threes, play defense. And you got another guy in Murray who can dish out the ball. He can run the offense, especially if Trey Young is off the court because obviously he can't play all 48 minutes. This offense was terrible when Trey Young was off the court because he was the only guy running it. But having two guys who can handle the ball and then, in my opinion, DeJounte Murray compliments Trey Young really, really well. He's not a great shooter. He's not a three-point shooter. But he can slash, he can drive into the lane, and he can play defense. And that's exactly what Trey Young needs because 
Trey Young isn't the best defender. He's a little undersized for a defender, but Murray's got length. He's been known early in his career for a great on-ball defender, and I just think the fact that Trey Young is going to have a little bit more flexibility on offense is what makes this a big, big, big move for the Hawks. It's a big risk, but it can have huge, huge dividends because it surely gets them back potentially to the top of the Eastern Conference with the shot to make the finals because this team, I think, is ready. You know, DeAndre Hunter, like I said, Clint Capella, who knows what John Collins is going to uh, who knows what's going to happen with him because they've been rumored to trade him for the past year, even though they signed him to a five-year, $125 million extension just a year ago. You got Bogdanovich. You got Herder off the bench. Maybe they'll get a little more front court depth with, with Gallo out of the way, but uh, I actually like this move for the Hawks. I think this is a move that they needed to make. Not only did they want to make it, but to get back in the mix in the Eastern Conference because they weren't satisfied last year and championship windows are only open for so long. Not saying they're in one, but DeJounte Murray will surely help them uh, get there. So that's kind of my evaluation on the trade. I think it's a win-win, really. Both teams got what they wanted. Uh, This is going to make the Hawks better. It's going to help Spurs get into a rebuild, potentially tank a couple seasons, get uh, their way into the top of the lottery. But that's not the only thing that happened yesterday. The New York Knicks a couple days ago traded Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, to the Detroit Pistons, gave up a couple second-round picks as well in the process, freed up $19 million in cap space because they are going hard at Mavericks guard Jalen Brunson. It is rumored that they want to sign him to a four-year, $110 million deal. That is a huge deal for Jalen Brunson, who, second-round pick formerly, Great at Villanova. Breakout season, average 16-5. and five. Fantastic in the playoffs next to Luka Doncic. One of the only surefire scorers for the Mavericks throughout the playoffs, especially when uh, their entire team just went cold against the Warriors. But this is a guy that Mark Cuban said he wanted to bring back, had the money to bring back. But it's looking like the Knicks have him because they signed his father, Rick Brunson. Uh, he's, I think, pretty close with, the, with Leon Rose, the CEO, or... All that stuff, you know, they've done their due diligence to get Jalen Brunson in a Knicks uniform. But looking at the reported contract and who Jalen Brunson is as a player, he's an undersized guard, he can score, he's smart, he's going to make the right play. I kind of compare him to a Malcolm Brogdon in a sort. He's efficient, he's not as great of a shooter as Brogdon, but he's a good defender, he's just good at a lot of good a lot of little things and he does the little things but he's not great at one thing is he gonna push the Knicks over the top get them past the playing game get get them back into a top six seed I don't think so I don't think Jalen Brunson pushes the needle that much for this Knicks team that doesn't have all that much talent I know Julius Randle RJ Barrett uh have been pretty solid uh in I mean for Randall two years ago he was great but Barrett's got a lot of potential Evan Fournier is a nice player but those four guys being your best four players I don't think that does it in this Eastern Conference now with the monsters like Milwaukee and you know you got Philly with Embiid Kevin Durant with the Nets I mean I I just don't think this Knicks team gets that much better with Jalen Brunson and then you look at the contract around 27 million dollars a year Look at guys in the past. I know the market changes, but the cap is actually a little less flexible than it was a couple years back. When Terry Rozier was in a sign and trade with the self, with he was at, he was with Boston, sign and trade to the Hornets, three years, fifty eight million dollars. It's around nineteen per year. 
Fred Van Vliet from my Toronto Raptors, four years, $80 million. Malcolm Brogdon, like I mentioned earlier, four years, $80 million. There's clearly a market for slightly undersized guards. Let's kind of take Rozier out of the equation. Let's mainly focus on Van Vliet and Brogdon, but guys who are second rounder undrafted, a little undersized, overachieved. There's a market for these guys, which is around 20 to $22 million a year. That is the market for a guy because for, for a guy like this, because again, he's a little undersized. He's a great, he's a good player, but he's not spectacular. You're paying him $27 million. That's pretty darn close to a max contract. Jalen Brunson's not close to a max contract player. He's a nice point guard who can run your offense and he's going to supplement a team that will be good in the playoffs. He cannot be your first or second best player. He is a great third or fourth best player. But again, he's not going to be the difference maker for the Knicks. So again, when you're looking at, looking at this contract, this is a massive overpay, in my opinion, for the New York Knicks. It just shows immediate desperation to get a point guard because obviously Derrick Rose, who's been really good, he's had his injuries. And Kemba Walker didn't work out. They obviously shipped off. Alec Burks, they haven't had a point guard in years, and it just, again, reeks of desperation because they're overpaying for a player who's good, he's a nice player, but he's not a difference maker. He does not make the Knicks that much better. So because of the contract numbers, I don't like this deal. And then when you add on top of the fact that this is a team that, you know, there's just not much talent. And this seems like a win now move. You make, it just contradicts everything the Knicks want to do because you don't take a guy at 11, you trade for three first round picks for Uzban Dieng, and then you overpay on a 6-1 guard in Jalen Brunson, which is kind of a win now move. You made all this cap space for it, but if they just didn't sign for as much, I would like the deal. If it was four years, 85 million. Van Vliet might've been 21 million actually for four years, 84. Can't remember specifically, but... Because of the contract number and what the Knicks are trying to do, I don't like this deal at all. And by the looks of it, he's going to New York, uh, and the Knicks can enjoy being a mediocre team for the next couple of years. No Knicks hate here, but this is just facts. Looking at previous deals, looking at the numbers, Jalen Brunson is not worth $27 million, as much as I like him as a player. But enough on that, I feel like I talked about that whole situation there, gave my thoughts. Let's go to some other big deals. John Wall with a buyout with the Houston Rockets, and he is rumored to go, or not rumored, he is signing officially with the LA Clippers. He's going to be paired with Kawhi, Paul George. Really love this deal for the Clippers. John Wall, obviously we know he's not the same player after the injuries and stuff, but um, he averaged 10 assists his last full healthy season. He can be a playmaker and distribute the ball. He is a point guard. He's athletic. He can get to the rim. Things got a little more left in the tank than what he showed in Houston. Really love this deal for the Clippers. Uh, we can talk about a big three now if you want, but I, I do think this is a great move for, for LA. A couple opt-ins. We talked about Kyrie last time. He opted into his $36.5 million deal. Russell Westbrook, he opted into his $47.1 million uh, player option. No surprise there. Uh, $47 million, that's a lot of money. I don't know why people are criticizing him for opting in. James Harden opted out of his $47 million player option. He is looking for a more team-friendly deal because his goal reportedly is to win a championship in Philly next season by 
and he'll be around $37 million, but by freeing up $10 million, uh, it gets one of their tax mid-level uh, exceptions unlocked. They're able to use that on a player, on a veteran. Obviously, they, they want to get P.J. Tucker. That's been big news. Uh, it's likely that he's going there. He doesn't want to just go there for basketball, but James Harden taking less money, really good for the Sixers, but also could, could, could be good for him because he's been a little sluggish the past couple of years. He hasn't been the same player that he was in Houston. And he could turn around his legacy with one championship. And James Harden needs that because what is he known as? Great regular season performer, not clutch in the playoffs. Has not shown up in the playoffs in recent memory, especially last season. He was horrible in that game six closeout against Miami. But I think this is great for both sides. Bradley Beal declined his player option. He is eligible for a five-year Supermax contract. Five years, $250 million with the Washington Wizards. He's been there for over a decade. He's said his loyalties are with Washington. He's likely going to resign, but this does make him an unrestricted free agent should anything crazy happen, but all signs point to Beal being back in Washington. Speaking of Washington, they made a big trade yesterday. I know I say big like it is for everything, but I actually think it's an interesting deal. Washington trades. Contavious Caldwell Pope and Ish Smith to Denver for Monte Morris and Will Barton. Washington getting back a solid two-way player in Barton, a score, a spark score off the bench in Monte Morris. This really makes their team a lot more balanced, I think. I think KCP was expendable for them. Doesn't really fit their timeline. And then for Denver, this is perfect. You get a proven 3 and D guy in the league in Caldwell Pope. Ish Smith serves your need to fill in that backup point guard role with Monte Morris off the way. But then also... This gives Bones Highland a bit more room to get more minutes in the lineup. He showed some really nice flashes of potential last season. I could totally see him taking a Tyrese Maxey-type leap in the future. He's that good offensively. I, it was the one game they played uh, Philly on It was a, a, a national televised game, and he made like three three-pointers in a row in the fourth quarter, and I was like, this guy's got it. Bones Highland is the real deal. Look for him to be a breakout star next season for Denver because his scoring off the bench uh, with obviously guys like Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. back in the lineup could help Denver get back to getting in the Western Conference Finals like they were in the bubble just two years ago. Maybe three years ago. I can't even keep track. Time's flown by so fast in this NBA calendar. But moving on. A couple of quick deals. We got uh, Avika Zubac, three years, $33 million with the Clippers. Tarian Prince, two years, $16 million. Uh, I think I want to make sure I said $16 million. Don't want to say six because that's not right. Minnesota getting Tarian Prince back. Uh, Zubash for the Clippers. Bobby Portis is declining his $4.6 million player option. He's rumored to sign a four-year $40 million deal with the Bucks. Not official yet, but he will be returning to Milwaukee. He's a great piece there. They love him there. Lou Dort's team option was declined by Oklahoma City, only $1.9 million, but they're looking to lock him up for several years. Lou Dort, obviously one of the great stories in the NBA in the past few years, undrafted, uh, really showed out in the bubble as a great defender, improved his three ball. Uh, He's a a really interesting and exciting piece of that young core, uh, just ready to blossom in Oklahoma City. But I'd say the two biggest pieces of news to wrap up this episode, and we'll talk about them more later on, but we got Miles Bridges and DeAndre Ayton. Let's start with Miles Bridges because before we get to the big, big news with him, he wants a max contract. However, the Charlotte Hornets, although saying they want him back, do not see him as a max contract player. He is a restricted free agent. Being a restricted free agent pretty much means that if a team wants to sign 
in this case, Miles Bridges to a contract, Charlotte has the opportunity to match that offer. So the so the, another team around the league would give Miles Bridges an offer sheet. And the Hornets would have an X amount of days to match the offer sheet to bring him back. Gives the team some control over players after drafting them. So they can't just go and dip after four years. They extended the qualifying offer to make sure he was restricted. But pretty much being restricted means the team can offer the restricted free agent a contract, but the team ultimately has, in the end has the freedom and say to bring him back on their own free will. Obviously, if they don't want to pay the amount of money that the other team wants to sign him for, he's off. But So they want to bring Bridges back, but yesterday night at around midnight, Miles Bridges arrested in LA for violent domestic violence. And this is huge, huge news. Obviously, non-basketball terms, this is really, really, really bad. But in basketball terms, this throws the Hornets for an absolute loop because how can you commit around $30 million to a guy who, who knows if he gets suspended, who knows what happens legally. He was released off of bail, but this, and this is also the guy who posted a drink on his Instagram that did not look like it was legal for the NBA. Don't need to get into what it was, but Miles Bridges getting himself in a little bit of trouble before he's ready to get a bag, which is really not smart. All the things he's done, but from Charlotte's perspective, this throws him, gives him a huge wrench because teams might still say, you know what, we'll still sign this guy, but they might be a little more hesitant to give him the money they were thinking of giving him. Maybe his price gets lowered. Who knows if they even want to bring him back now because of this news. So really interesting to see what Bridges will do and what the Hornets will do with him because Detroit has been rumored to want him. Indiana has the cap space for him. Those are the two teams I think that would be after a Miles Bridges. I mean, he's one of the most exciting players in the league. Can jump through the gym, got crazy dunks. He's evolved as a great scorer, averaged 20 points per game last year for the Hornets. But keep an eye on him because uh, teams are going to offer him money most likely. Don't know who. I already mentioned a couple teams I think will, but whether the Hornets want to give him uh, all the money is to be seen. They obviously want him back. The question, however, is how much? And then the last name to wrap this up, DeAndre Ayton, most likely going to be in a sign and trade with the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix don't see him as of much uh, value as potentially other teams in the league. They see him as somewhat replaceable, in my opinion, from what I'm hearing uh, reports sh- are say that the Suns see a lot of centers who can fill the production that Ayton kind of filled. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where he heads off to. Again, a signing trade is likely for DeAndre Ayton and, and, and the Suns. Just one game, that game seven, completely throwing the Suns organization uh, upside down. And now their former number one overall pick, DeAndre Ayton, likely heading out the door because he wanted a max contract. Suns didn't want to give it to him. And after only playing 17 minutes in game seven, DeAndre Ayton's tenure with the Suns could be all but over. And we'll see in the next couple hours. That's going to do it for today's episode. We're going to have more free agency news for you guys coming up uh, in the next couple episodes. Also want to do a college basketball uh, review of the way too early top 25. Where do the Tar Heels rank? Where do I think they should rank? We got teams like Gonzaga back in the mix with Drew Timmy coming back. Duke's obviously reloaded. Where do I think 
these top teams should be. We'll talk about that next time along with free agency. Thank you so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.